our government and our education and, and even in all areas of our world, God's been mo- mostly excluded now. Our, our, our nation was um, founded, well, at least um, th- there has been God involved in a lot of our nation in years gone by, but over, over the years there's been a deterioration of that. And um, I believe that a nation that has removed its foundation in God might look shiny and good on the outside, but on the inside it's in the process of deterioration. And so that means it's slowly rotting away. And eventually that becomes very clear and easy to see. Um, you know, and even in the body of Christ, God sees things different, differently than we do. Um, He's not limited to doing things certain ways. And we often fall into the trap of doing things a particular way because that's the way it's always been. Um, because, or because, and I'm not just talking about church, I'm talking about our individual lives, but sometimes we see things work in other Christian lives and so we think, oh, that'll work well for me. But uh, we need to learn that um, to see things from God's perspective it, um, it, it's going to take a bit, right? And we also ha- always have to have a motivation of faith and love as well. That's something that I didn't really get when I was younger very well, and I think that as I've got older, I've I've got a bit better with that, um, having a motivation. Because, you know, you can say things to people that might be true, but they might not be spoken in love. And so then <laughs> it becomes like a, what does it say in 1 Corinthians? Like a clanging bell or symbol, yeah, <laughs> and so um, things don't go down when they're spoken, when they're not spoken in love, but uh, we need to trust God because we don't see every, we don't see things from his perspective in the entirety that God does, and so we need to trust him as he leads us because his way is the best way, and in Isaiah 55 uh, verses 8 and 9, it says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your, uh, nor are your ways my ways," says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so, one way I was thinking, how can I explain this to people, is that um, it's a little bit like the difference between, say, two dimensions and three dimensions. Um, a two D shape, like a square, for example, has no depth, does it? It's only got two dimensions. It's got length and width, nothing, no third dimension. And uh, whereas a 3D shape like a cube has three dimensions, it's got width and length and height. And so God sees in a far deeper and broader dimension than we do. And in actual fact, Ephesians 3.18 speaks of four dimensions, which is really interesting. It, uh, it says... In, yeah, so Ephesians 3, verse 17 and 18, I'll just read that to you, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, oh, there's that love word again, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. Notice it says length, width, depth and height. So that's almost like four dimensions, isn't it? God sees way beyond what we can see because God sees every situation in its entirety from every point of view. Uh, He sees 
from every angle. And we only see from our point of view. Um, or we see from almost, you could think of it as like a two-dimensional view. We see the square, but God sees the cube. So we live in a physical world. We have a physical body and we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. That's like two dimensions. And there are many people out there who don't realize that there's also a spiritual world, which is actually more real and lasting than the physical world. So God on the God is spirit. He created our body and soul in the physical world. And in actual fact, he created our spirit as well. He created our spirit well before we were conceived. In fact, he, he created that. And then when we were conceived, he knitted that spirit to that tiny little bit of flesh. And... Uh, and that little bit of flesh becomes our earth suit. It's what we live in. So we are spirit and we live in a physical body. So that's why when we die, our, our earth suit dies. That's the part that dies, is our earth suit. It's not our spirit. Our spirit never dies. Um, and so uh, when we do die, we either go to heaven or hell. And that's what the Bible says, depending on whether we've received or accepted, actually, the gift that of life that Jesus offered through the cross. Um, and really that's, that's it plainly, plainly spoken, um, but it is the word of God. And the, uh, the message of God, oh, it's not up there, but the foundation, the message that I'm speaking to you today is actually just going to be part one in what I've called the foundation of wisdom, um, the fear of the Lord. So the foundation of wisdom, I'm going to talk about that for a moment. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Um, and then some translations, like the New King James, for example, says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what is the fear of the Lord? Well, first we're going to look at what it isn't. So the fear of the Lord is not natural fear. So natural fear is an emotion, it's a survival mechanism, basically. It propels us to act, so our body responds to this type of fear by increasing the heart rate, increasing adrenaline, adrenaline levels so that we can act swiftly. Um, for example, if we uh, walk out onto the road and realize, oh my gosh, there's a bus coming, we can quickly run to get out of its way. Um, so this type of fear is not the fear of the Lord. Um, the second type is demonic fear. And this type of fear is from the enemy. Um, there are demonic spirits of fear. And that's their purpose is to instill fear in people. And what they do is they throw thoughts like fiery darts into our minds and they cause torment. And, I mean, demonic things do that all the time. It doesn't have to be a spirit of fear. It can be anything. But these particular ones, that's what they're trying to do is to instill fear. And Second uh, Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear. So there you go. But he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what he has given us. So fear that torments or causes anxiety or keeps us frozen is not the fear of the Lord. 
and it's not from God either. Ephesians 6.16 says, Above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. There, it talks right there about those fiery darts that the enemy likes to just sort of, well, with a bow and arrow, shoot into your mind. And uh, they are like fiery darts because they'll turn up in your mind like a thought. And if you're not aware of it, you'll think they're your thoughts. But they're not. So, you know, the enemy's, the enemy's main ploy is deception. That is what, that's what the enemy does, he deceives. And so whenever the enemy's saying fearful thoughts or anxious thoughts or tormenting thoughts, they're to deceive you into thinking that way. And um, that verse I just mentioned in Ephesians 6.16, that tells us that our faith, our confidence in God, our, our knowing that, you know, it's like a title deed to what we're praying for or whatever, it acts like a shield. Our faith in God acts like a shield and it quenches all the fiery darts, which are the thoughts of those demonic spirits. And also... Uh, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. Fear is horrible, like demonic fear is, is awful. So faith and love are opposite to demonic fear. Um, demonic fear can paralyze us and stop us obeying God as well. Uh, it can torment us. It's uh, like, for example, one, one type of torment is phobias. Um, it's like an unnatural excessive reaction, and it can actually make you feel paralyzed and overpowered. Um, but, but as believers, we've actually been given the authority by Jesus. He delegated it to us. He delegated the authority to be able to command those demons to leave. And in Luke 10, 19, Jesus told us that he has given us authority over all the power of the enemy. And so we need to exercise that authority because if we don't exercise the authority, the, the devil doesn't really respect legalities. He'll, he'll try to put his foot in where he's not meant to be. Um, he'll test the boundaries and, and, and basically just jump right over the boundary. We have to exercise our authority to say, no, get back over that boundary. You're not welcome here. And uh, so we can tell them to go in Jesus' name. Yeah, that's what Jesus said. We can say, in my name, you know. And so we do have the authority to tell them to leave. The, uh, so that's, that's the second type of fear of the Lord. That, uh, sorry, of fear, and that is not the fear of the Lord. The third one I wanted to mention is religious fear. And in Isaiah 29, 13, it says, These people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. That's interesting, eh? The New Living Translation of this verse says, this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, 
but they remove their hearts far from me, and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. So religious fear does not bring the obedience that God desires. Religious fear might make people do things, but it's not the obedience that God desires. Because God desires obedience that's given freely by us. And, 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 and it's, it's obedience that comes from our desire to please him. So that is not the fear of the Lord. Religious fear is not the fear of the Lord. The, the, other, the last type that it is not is the fear of man. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. And in Matthew 10.28, Jesus said, Do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The word fear in that scripture I just read is used twice. It means to revere or be in awe of. So in other words, don't revere or be in awe of any man because this makes that man more important than God. Um, when we're afraid about what people are going to think of us, we have the fear of man. And has anyone been guilty of that before? Anyone done that? I have. My hand's up. <laughs> um, definitely I have. But this scripture tells us to fear or revere and be in awe of the Lord. So the fear of man is not the fear of the Lord, and it actually can prevent us from being obedient to God as well. So what is the fear of the Lord? It is a deep respect or reverence of God where we love and revere him so much that we do not want to displease him. It's a deep awe of God's power and authority. So there are many scriptures uh, that speak of the fear of the Lord. Um, and none of these scriptures, by the way, suggest that it's optional either. Um, but to start to help you understand the fear of the Lord, I want to tell you a story um, that I read in this book here that I've got by Derek Prince. And uh, his book's called Where Wisdom Begins. And I just need to find the right page. But I really liked how he put this because it might help some of you understand a little bit better. Okay. All right, so think of a towering, craggy mountain rising up steeply out of the sea. So close your eyes. Maybe do this, okay? Close your eyes now. And I want you to imagine in your mind a towering, craggy mountain rising up steeply out of the sea and picture yourself on the pinnacle of this mountain, okay? So looking down on one side, you see the waves far below. You can just make out the white foam and you know that the waves are dashing against the base of the mountain. You're so high up, however, that you can hardly hear the sound of the crashing waves. Then looking down the other side, landward, you see a beautiful array of fields and forests stretching out to the horizon and illuminated by the shining sun. You could use a number of adjectives to describe your situation. For instance, it's beautiful, it's exhilarating, it's inspiring, or unique. 
No sight could parallel it exactly. You enjoy this scene. It uplifts and exhilarates you. But at the same time, somewhere deep inside you, continual realization reminds you that if you take just one step in the wrong direction, you will be dashed to pieces on the crags and plunged into the sea. You have no intention of taking that step. And yet the very thought of it produces in you a kind of gasp and an involuntary tightening of your diaphragm. This image gives you a beginning understanding of the fear of the Lord. I quite like that. Yeah. So it's a deep respect or reverence of God where we love and revere him so much that we don't want to displease him. So we could describe that as standing in awe. So another word for that is reverence. And why do we need the fear of the Lord? For lots of reasons. But um, that scripture I mentioned earlier in Proverbs 9.10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or the foundation of wisdom. So it's the starting point for gaining God's wisdom. And you may think that gaining wisdom isn't very important to you, but is it true that you would like a blessed life? Would you like a blessed life or a good life? Would you like, or would you, would you prefer it was filled with hardship and difficulties and challenges? And No. But do you, do you know what? The only source of true life and blessing is God. He's the only source. And that's one of the reasons why we have that sign out the front that says Jesus is the real source of truth, but he is life. He is the word of God as well. So, you know, God's wisdom is very different to man's wisdom. So with just uh, just explaining that, man's wisdom is something you gain with ex with experiencing life and learning lessons as you go, and as you get older, hopefully you'll gain a bit of wisdom. And it's a little, you know, a little bit like that. I mean, that is good to get that, but God's wisdom is is very different. God's wisdom sometimes makes very little sense. Yet because he knows all things, his wisdom is the best. And it's because he sees every single trap, every single hole in the ground that you might trip over, and every pitfall. So God's wisdom meant that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Jesus wasn't crucified because he was caught by surprise. <laughs> Jesus knew right from the beginning that the climax of his time on earth was the crucifixion. He knew he had to die to redeem man from the curse that entered when Adam sinned. He knew he had to die to make a way for man to be made right with God. And so that's why he came. Jesus even told his disciples he would be crucified and then raised up. He told them several times. But they didn't have his wisdom. So they didn't comprehend. They couldn't see beyond their own mindset or closed-mindedness, you could think of it as being. 
So I'll give you an example. Let's have a look at Mark 10. There's a whole bunch of scriptures related to that, but Mark 10, um, verses 32 to 34. This is an example of where Jesus tells his disciples. Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed. I'm not quite sure why. But anyway, that's fine. And as they followed, they were afraid. Okay. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, this is Jesus speaking now, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And on the third day he will rise again. Do you think that's fairly plain? But we have the benefit of hindsight. We've got the word of God, eh? We've got it written. The disciples didn't have, um, they couldn't say, turn to Mark chapter 10, because <laughs> it wasn't even written then. And so they were hearing these things. They didn't understand it. So their expectation of, of what Jesus was doing on earth was from their point of view. They didn't see through God's eyes, so they didn't understand what, why Jesus needed to die. They probably thought he was going to be king. Hey, they probably thought he was going to set up his kingdom and it would be all good from that moment on. And, and it, 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 gosh, but what Jesus actually ended up doing was so much greater than, than, that, than what they would have been able to imagine. And sometimes we can be have a mindset that closes us off from the wisdom of God. And we might not even recognize that we've been closed-minded. Um, sometimes we're so sure we're right, but our mindset prevents us from seeing that we might actually be off track. That's um, happened to me before. And on reflection, I've thought, I was off track. But at the time, I thought I was right. Hey. And so um, it's important that we don't get so hardened in our heart for that to happen. It's a really unhelpful place to be because we usually don't realize our error until it's too late and we're way down the track. And it does have consequences as well. But when we start, start listening to the Holy Spirit and acting on his promptings, that's actually an indication that we're starting to learn the fear of the Lord. Why? Because we're trusting him, knowing that he knows best. And uh, an example from my life, which you may have heard before, um, where I have, where I had a, a lack of the fear of the Lord, um, so I ignored the Holy Spirit's prompting, was that time when I was 18 and I, um, I, I had a, a quiet, I was out in the paddock with my horse that I was riding and it was um, a horse that I'd ridden before um, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my mind. Now, I, want, I don't want to, that to seem like I don't get, hear from God because you all do hear from God. You just might not be recognizing it. But the Holy Spirit put a thought in my mind, a little bit, you know how those demonic things put thoughts in your mind <laughs> and you just you recognize them because they're bad thoughts? The Holy Spirit can speak to our mind quietly as well. And we need to learn to hear and be obedient to that voice. But the Holy Spirit said, don't get on that horse today. And do you know what I did? I didn't have the fear of the Lord, so I was like, 
I'll just get, get on the horse. Why would I not get on the horse? And so I ignored the Holy Spirit and I got on the horse, had an awful accident, got thrown off and um, just about died, didn't I? In fact, the doctors said I would die because my liver was split and um, the artery was severed and so I was bleeding inside internally. And that could have had, if it wasn't for the faith of my parents, devastating effect on me because I was, I was not in a very good place at that time. And I didn't, certainly didn't have the fear of the Lord. That's, that's one thing. Um, now, here's a second example. Now, this happened a few years, uh, a couple of years after that, because that particular experience uh, was a wake up call to me. And uh, so I was in the beginning stages of learning the fear of the Lord <laughs> and, uh, and, and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I was leaving, I was driving my car. And I was, le- I was leaving a urban area, so I was going from a 50k area to a 100k area. And normally, um, once I'd leave the 50k area, I'd go straight to 100. And, you know, that was my way back then. Well, probably still is in a way. But the Holy Spirit said to me that day, just take your time. Don't go too fast. And so um, just keep it down, you know. Go slow. So I did, and I kept my speed down to 70, which was very unusual for me, (laughs) very unusual. But I actually listened that time to that the voice of the Holy Spirit that said in my mind, just go slow. And uh, I was going down a hill, and I was going to go around a curve, and then there was another curve. So it was sort of a little bit like an S-bend. So um, I came down the hill, round a bend, and then you'd normally go round the next bend. So I, I came down, going 70, came to the first bend and was getting close to the second bend, and a car on the wrong side of the road came at about 120 k's, trying to pass somebody on coming the other direction, misjudged, and I, if, I'd been, if I hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit, I would have had a head-on accident, and that probably would have finish me off (laughs) so um, not every example I can give you is that dramatic but it's so important to listen to the Holy Spirit Um, yeah so I really encourage you get to get to speak start asking the Holy Spirit talk to me and then just listen listen so the focus of today's message and I'm getting there, and this is only part one, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep going um, another day. But is our motivation to serve God or to self-serve? Mankind without God focuses on self-serving. So like this, will this benefit me? What am I going to get out of this? Or um, I want to look after myself first. But our motive and our focus should be to please our Lord Jesus in every, every aspect of our life. Our motivation shouldn't be to please self, but to please God. It's kind of the opposite of what um, is really pushed in a lot of areas. Hey. Because God's ways are higher than the world's ways. <laughs> he knows the best way. 
So, um, yeah, I'll finish soon, I think. But I'm just going to read something to you out of Matthew. Matthew. Oh, yeah, Matthew 25. This is about serving God versus self-serving. And it's a parable that Jesus gave. And I'm just going to read starting at verse 31. When the Son of Man, this is Jesus speaking, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Okay. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me, took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Um, or when did we see, oh, sorry, when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And that's the attitude we need to have. So when we fear the Lord, having a deep reverential respect, it generates in us an attitude of submission to God. It generates in us an attitude of submission to God. And that, I believe, is a really important thing that we need to grasp hold of. And that's why I'm going to talk about it more. Because I believe that um, in, in our world where it's all about self, it's all about what's good for me, doing things for me, and autonomy and things like that, God's ways are different to that because he... he Surrender is not a bad thing with God because when we can surrender our will to him, he's got the best intentions for us and he makes our path straight, it says in, in the Bible, in Proverbs, I think. He makes our path straight. So, yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to keep going next week. Um, I want to, the Holy when I was reading this this morning, I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And you can do this sort of thing too, but I read this verse in Proverbs 12.25. It said, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. So I want to pray for anybody, and the leaders can help too, but we want to pray for anyone that's feeling anxious or has an issue with with fear or anxiety. Um, because that's torment. And it's not from God. God doesn't want you feeling anxious. Or um, doesn't want you feeling depressed either. He doesn't want you feeling fearful. And uh, and so he wants to set you free. And, it, and we, we can get rid of that demonic thing that's harassing you. So if you if you want prayer for that, you are welcome to come forward. 
Um, if you've never received Jesus, and it, it, it is an amazing life. I hope I made it sound good, because it is. <laughs> Jesus died, you know, like his disciples didn't understand why he had to die, but he died not just for the people alive at that time. He died for everyone born afterwards, and that includes us. So he, he made a way for us to be made right with him again. So you know how we make mistakes and sin? It means then that we're saved by grace. It's The sin becomes wiped off, okay? And that couldn't happen if it wasn't for what Jesus did on the cross. So if you want to receive Jesus and you've never received them before, um, I'm just going to lead. I'll just say a prayer now. And then I want you to come forward too, okay? So um, well, everyone can pray this. Uh, Lord Jesus, I realize you died on the cross to redeem me or buy me back so that I could be made right with God. Jesus, I accept what you did on the cross that you died for me. I receive you as my Lord and my Saviour. Amen. Do you know what? Um, when you do receive Jesus, it's not just your ticket to heaven, although that is one of the benefits. <laughs> um, that is a benefit, a really big one, actually, considering what's eternity we're talking about. But, uh, but you know, it, he doesn't want you to just live a, sort of humdrum life here he wants to bless you in so many ways and so you know I just really encourage you to find out more about that and if if you have received Jesus for the first time tell us please because we've got something for you um, that we would love to give you to get you started on your walk with God